You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. Hello, happy Monday, everyone. I, I know I'm starting actually just talking without a without a fun parody song. I couldn't find a new one that made sense for today. So uh, it's just me. Hi, hope you're doing well. I was actually having a, a really great day. Um, I had another ketamine infusion this morning, and um, but we're not going to talk about that today. We will get into it more next week. Um, so, because I know I've, I've heard a lot, a lot of feedback from you guys over the weekend of uh, Friday's show when I played for you a little bit of audio from my session <clears throat> last Friday. And um, uh, yeah, the, the comments were all over the place, which is fine. Um, all I can say is it's a fascinating area of medicine that is just now really starting so uh we're in on the ground floor and and again we'll get deeper into it next week okay um but today we have a really really busy show so this past weekend the the uh leadership blue gathering that's the 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 gathering of the florida democratic party was down here well actually further south it was in uh miami beach at the fountain blue hotel Uh, apparently you know, they didn't consider what else was going on because it was bikini week in Miami, seriously. And there, it was a clusterfuck at the hotel because um, all these bikini-clad women were all over the place. Really, there were hours-long lines to check in at the hotel. And so, you know, that was a problem. There was also reportedly a lot of infighting, nothing new among Democrats. But a little later in the hour... <clears throat> We will be joined by uh, Susan Smith. Susan Smith is an old friend. She is the former chair of the Democratic Progressive Caucus of Florida. I, I think the name is actually longer and more convoluted than that, but that's basically who they were, who they are. Um, she she stepped aside from the leadership role there a couple of years ago because she had been doing it for so long, uh, and. Um, you know, the group is still there, but, you know, the Florida Democratic Party has been, I'm trying to be generous here, I'm trying to be a kinder, gentler Nicole these days, um, but they've been foobar for a while. Well, now they have a new chair in Nikki Freed, um, who I didn't think was ready to be governor, but I'll tell you what, she's doing a pretty good job as <clears throat> chair of the Florida Democratic Party, and... Uh, she's making some waves. So we'll check in with Susan Smith to see what, if anything, was accomplished this weekend <clears throat> and whether or not the Florida Democrats can get their shit together to take back some, 
you know, not even control in this state, just to have a say in what's happening. This is the fascist state of Florida. It's the reason why I'm trying to get out of here. And by the way, um, I know a lot of you have asked, what, I thought you were supposed to be moving to Arizona. Yeah, that's the plan. And hopefully we are. Um, but it's, it's, it seems like it's roadblock after roadblock that gets thrown in our way. Now, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, David, my husband needs surgery. Um, he's got a, it's going to sound worse, I hope, than it is. He has a brain tumor. Um, it's a pituitary tumor that's, it, it, they don't, you know, they believe it's benign, but it's in a bad spot. And if they don't get it out, um, it could cause blindness. He's already got a weird blind spot. Um, and so, you know, it's, so we've, we've got to deal with that before we go anywhere. And it's, again, it's one thing after another, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to trust the universe and go with the flow and let it happen as it does. Um, so, you know, that's the long, that's the short version of a much longer story, but, um, yeah, so that's happening now. Um, you know, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I think I have to, there's a guy who had been a guest on this show, not often, but, but a number of times over the years. And, you know, I've been doing this show for a long time. I first met David Silverman, I think at a Netroots Nation gathering, probably 10, 12 years ago. I, I used to broadcast live from Netroots Nation. And um, this guy, David Silverman, was the president or the chair of American Atheists. I'm an atheist. You know, I'm an atheist Jew. Um, and, and so is David Silverman. And look, he's a kind of a hyperbolic kind of guy, rubs a lot of people the wrong way, and he likes to spar with people. So we have a lot in common, right? Um, and, and again, he'd say some outlandish things, uh, I think to piss people off. I think he does it on purpose. And uh, so for, I, I think he tweeted to me, I don't, I don't even know how this started. Oh, I know. I, I posted a snarky tweet and I said something along the lines of uh, on Twitter. Uh, so is anyone still here who isn't a Nazi a fascist, a Trumper, uh, or, or like that. So that was the kind of, it was, a, you know, it was a bitchy, stupid tweet. And he replied with, I don't know, some bullshit. But it got me to check out his timeline because I hadn't spoken to him in a while. In fact, the last time I spoke to David Silverman, I once again gave him the benefit of the doubt and let him on this show to plead his case after he was ousted from his position as president of American Atheists, a, a position he'd held for probably 10, 15 years or so. And um, and what I found in his timeline was a lot of anti-trans hateful stuff. And then I then I read his his, um, you know, his it's not really a bio, but it's the description on Twitter, what what he says about himself and what he said about himself was, here's his description of who he is. Um, I'm trying to pull it up now. Uh, yeah, I know I blocked him. Um, oh, now he took his description down. How interesting. So it doesn't say anymore on his Twitter page. But, but, but what it did say before he took it down was, X left, X woke, uh, now, you know, I don't know, I, and I don't remember the rest of it. That's what I do remember. So um, I'm reading his his uh, his Twitter feed, and I see all this anti-trans stuff, and I realize what he's doing is blowing up stories that are not real, things that are not happening. He's bitching about the mutilation of children, um, you know, that basically alleging that we're doing gender surgery on kids. We're not. Um, so it, it, it went, and, and I tried, you know, he said, so somebody else, uh, you know, he retweeted something about love and we're in this together and make kindness normal. He retweeted that. And I, uh, and then I wrote, his, his Twitter handle is at Mr. Atheist Pants. I wrote, Mr. Atheist Pants retweeted this after tweeting hate tweets against 
trans people hypocrite much? And then someone else tweeted, trans rights are human rights, to which David Silverman replied, Yes, humans have rights, trans or cis, gay or straight, white or black, man or woman, and no one group trumps another because they say so. Okay, so far so good. So when we have conflict, say trans women in women's showers, first of all, that's not happening. Show me evidence. And then we can talk about it, but it's not happening. Then he says, so when we have conflict, we must communicate carefully without demonizing. We need a nuanced discussion to maximize happiness. Am I being hateful yet? And then he came for me. And this is why I'm sharing this, because, you know, don't push me. You know better. You know me enough. Don't don't fuck with me. So he writes, Nicole, you're speaking about things you don't understand. Excuse me? Because you've given up on skepticism which requires two-way communication. Instead, you call me all the namey poos so you don't have to consider that I might be right and eek. Wokeism might sometimes be wrong. Oh, please. So he, he blathers on and on and on. And then he says, so no, Nicole, I reject your rejection on the grounds that you have not thought this all out and are refusing to do so for now. Uh, sometime in the future, maybe when leftists try to make pedophiles a protected class. What? Or you see all the male prisoners lying that they are trans women so they can get into women's prisons and rape many women who also have rights. You'll snap out of your fog and actually want to speak and learn again. And like, what? So I wrote back uh, a few things. I said, No one is doing gender surgery on kids. You're the one tweeting about things you don't understand. No one is cutting kids. And the only people protecting pedophiles are your new friends. And then he goes, yes, we disagree. We both agree that transitioning kids via irreversible surgery is bad. We just disagree whether it's happening. It's not happening. So he shares an article from a questionable source from Australia about a 13-year-old who had her breasts cut off questionable sourcing what so he, he's he's citing one case in australia and i'm like okay is it happening here no there are laws against that people are not doing that to kids they're not cutting them they're not performing surgery and yet he keeps going on he's like but we both agree that um here we also agree that people can lie even perverted men I, I, I'm not going to share. I, I, I wound up blocking him just so you know. I used to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. But this he is taking fake stories, made up shit and conflating them and blowing them out of proportion and spreading them. This is what trolls do. And I and a few other people say, can you show us evidence of this happening? And, and, and this is actually someone else. Um, you know, who who restated what I said in another tweet. He said, I wrote one report of one kid in Australia with questionable sourcing and you're pushing it like it's happening in every town USA. It isn't. Mutilating kids is not a problem here, but you lying and saying it is, is. Stop it. And then this other guy, Blenster, says, to me, it smacks of the claims that atheists eat babies. Oh, not only atheists, Blenster, Democrats. Don't you know? They say Democrats eat babies. Oh, and we also want abortion, not only up until the moment of birth, but after birth, that we commit genocide. That's all bullshit. It's all Bullshit. bullshit. And this idiot is spreading those lies as if they're true. And every time I call him out on it, he says, here, it's bad, though, right? Mutilating kids is bad. And if I'm wrong about it happening here, then yay. If I'm right, then will you join my fight to stop it because I'm morally correct and you agree we're on the same side? No, we're not on the same side. And if you keep pushing this shit and demonizing people who are other than you are, you're the bad guy here. God, I just, you know, I was feeling really good today. And this is the kind of shit I had to come home to. So I blocked him and I won't be talking about him anymore and I won't be communicating with him anymore and he will not be coming on this show ever again. We agree. We don't agree on anything. As long as you keep pushing these, you know, I I can be nice and say false narratives. 
Or I can be myself and say this bullshit made up crap from your new friends, the right wingers who want to demonize trans people or anybody who's different than you are, then go fuck yourself. Okay, now that I got that off my chest, I have good news to tell you about. Um, so I told you today is going to be about Florida. Can we fix Florida? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and I don't have much hope that we can. It's one of the reasons that we're trying to get the hell out of here and move to Arizona. And I'll t- I know it's hot there, but you know what? It's hot as fuck here. It's so damn hot here. It's really uncomfortable. And it's not only here, it's everywhere. So there's nowhere to escape to. But, you know, that's why we need scientists. But those people demonize scientists today. So uh, there's no winning with that crowd. Um, anyway, so I also awoke to good news. I awoke, I awoke, I woke up this morning, uh, early this morning, I got a tweet, a direct message from uh, one of the few people on Twitter that, you know, left that I do like. Uh, now, there's still some good people on Twitter, just it's overrun by, by Nazis. Um, uh, you know, I hate it when that happens. Anyway, Rebecca Jones, who has been on the show numerous times over the years and understands about being smeared by people who don't have a clue. Um, she's been fighting back against moron death sentence and his his direct hit on her. Rebecca Jones was the woman, the scientist who who did the database when COVID started, keeping track of the cases of COVID here in Florida. And um, it, you've heard the story. We, we've talked about it here. If you don't know it, I'll post a link. You can read all about it. But better yet, you'll soon be able to see the story in a movie. And not just any movie. A movie, um, uh, I guess, produced, directed, or helped along by Josh Fox. Josh Fox is the guy who 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 tore the, the, uh, the curtain ar- off around fracking in his movie. I think it was, uh, what was his movie called? Gaslight. I think. Anyway, let me bring on Rebecca Jones so she can tell you what's going on. Because after all that, we need some good news. Um, Hey, Rebecca, sorry for the rant. I just had to I just had to get it out. Sometimes you just need to purge, you know. No, I was I was enjoying it. I was over here laughing. I don't know if you could see me like in the waiting room, but I was having a good time. Good. I'm Um, glad. Yeah, I just have no patience for people like that. I just don't. And and fortunately, they're too. <clears throat> they're too numerous these days. Anyway, um, so your story is uh, it, it it's begging to be made into a movie because you know it's one of those things that would be too implausible. You know, if we went back twenty years and said, so there's going to be this pandemic, and there's going to be this woman in Florida who's keeping track of the cases, and then the governor, who is this crazy right winger, doesn't want the truth to get out. Because he doesn't, he, he, he's anti-vax and everything. And so he starts targeting her with disinformation and attacks and more. Um, bottom line is you're a whistleblower. He demonized you to the point where, um, I, it, I, I don't want to say it destroyed your life, but it, it really fucked things up for you, didn't it? Um, and so now... A little bit. <laughs> um, so what yeah, are you... I think what, that the trailer kind of captures... Um, some of that it, it very much captures this kind of feel um it was interesting because as soon as we launched it i actually heard the only negative criticism i got was from uh, several men um of course <laughs> uh one of them said that he's like oh a potential revision i was like well first of all this is a documentary i'm not involved with the editing or you know or any of the business side of things you know it's a separation and all that stuff uh, but he was like, but you like putting on the makeup and, and looking pretty and stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my I kinda, God, kind of went off a little bit. I was like, you know what? This movie isn't just about why what I said mattered, you know, because the Miami Herald and, and the Cosmopolitan magazine and all these other places have told the story of what I saw in, in painstaking like detail. You know, this is more about question of who we trust with the truth who we believe and why and what the consequences are for being a truth teller in a world that in that point in time um, was very anti-truth. And uh, I was on this constant, I don't know, it felt like walking a tightrope. Like I had to be 
commanding of the science, but not arrogant or smug. I had to be vulnerable, but not weak, uh, confident, but not bitchy, you know, pretty, but not sexy. Um, all of these things I was trying to balance at once. And, um, that is kind of what that whole moment was. And so I felt like it actually really captured like the chaos and the demands and just this odd juxtaposition of me who was absolutely nobody scientist at this point in time and this, you know, obsessed fixated governor who just can't stop coming after me. Um, I actually saw it for the first time the day before it went out. So, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's incredible. I've seen, um, a bit more of the footage we've been filming, um, for over two and a half years now. Oh, wow. I actually met Josh Fox, uh, the movie that he won the, or won the Emmy for and was nominated for the Oscar for was called Gasland. Gasland. Yeah. Gasland. Gasland. And, um, I was working at the student university newspaper at Syracuse when I was an undergrad and he was touring it and I got assigned to cover his showing and that's how we met and um kind of came back in touch sporadically throughout the years because he got interested in Louisiana he bought a house down in New Orleans became very active down there uh, obviously I went to grad school at LSU and I'm from the area so we crossed paths with climate stuff a few times but then during COVID him and I talked a lot and uh, we discussed kind of this project uh, when people started approaching me about buying my life rights, which was super weird. Um, ben Crump, I think, was the first person to approach me to want to buy my life rights. And I was like, I don't know what oh that my means. God. My only point of reference for this is Seinfeld. <laughs> so <laughs> I have no idea. Let's talk about it. Um, but yes, we've been filming for over two and a half years. And I think we finally, you know, with me leaving and everything that's happened, come to a place where we can close that story. And um, they couldn't come at a better time. We're trying to finish it before the Sundance deadline and um, have it out for next year when um, about the time the presidential primaries start. Well, let's show the trailer. So so bottom line is you you launched a Kickstarter because, you know, making movies is expensive. Um, so this so you sent out the notice this morning and I got excited because I think Josh Fox is brilliant. And, you know, I'm a big fan of yours. And so here's the trailer uh, so everyone can see it. And we'll give you the information on the other side uh, about how you can support it. I always knew he'd come for me. You knew the governor was going to come for you one day. Yeah. Police, search warrant, open the door. There are a lot of police outside right now at my house. Um... She is not the, the chief architect of our web portal. That is another false statement. You'd think that would be the end of it. Obviously, she's got issues. If we're not getting fully accurate data, then the concern is that we're making decisions based on politics. The report, Rebecca Jones. Rebecca Jones. Rebecca Jones. Rebecca Jones. Rebecca Jones. Rebecca Jones, the woman at the center of it all, might face prison time. Became famous because you pushed a coronavirus conspiracy theory. Terminated for insubordination in May. She's not a data scientist. What you're alleging are a very serious crime. Officers were in your home charged with breaking into, into their computers. The now Jones could face five years in prison if she's charged. Her agents executed a search warrant on her home earlier this month. Officers were in your home. The simple question is, what exactly were you asked to do that was so unusual and improper and, in your opinion, wrong? So I'm going to go down before they do something and turn myself in. Uh, at the end of the day, I've shown in Florida an ability to win huge swaths of voters that Republicans typically can't win while also delivering the boldest agenda anywhere in the country. As I said yesterday, you ain't seen nothing yet. Florida was a refuge of sanity when the world went mad. We stood as a citadel of freedom for people across this country and indeed across the world. Police, come down here! And I will never, never let them get away with what they did to my kids. And I will be able to uh, destroy leftism in this country and leave woke ideology on the dustbin of history. 
I look beautiful? Rebecca Jones, whistleblower. And yes, you do look beautiful. So, um, and, 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 and fuck them for giving you a hard time about that. You're a beautiful woman. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't with these people. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So um, uh, you just launched the Kickstarter. I made a small donation. I wish it could have been more, but I kind of broke these days. Um, but hopefully uh, some listeners will will jump in. So I'll put the I'll put the link on my blog where I post today's show. It'll be at NicoleSandler.com slash 7-10-23. But maybe you've got a, a easier way for them to get to your Kickstarter page, huh? Yeah, um, it's actually not mine. It's, it's being Josh. run by the studio. Okay. So all of the money goes to the studio to finish the film. And they are actually a nonprofit. So all donations to them are tax deductible. Oh, nice. But if you go to Kickstarter and either search for Josh Fox or for me, it will come up. Um, there is a direct link, but I I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> but it's, it's basically if you put in Rebecca Jones whistleblower at um, Kickstarter, you'll find it. We are only fundraising until August 4th and Kickstarter is set up so that if you don't raise what you, what your goal is, you don't get any of it. So it's really important that, you know, we get to that goal and it helps guarantee that people aren't, you know, paying for partially funded projects that never get finished. Right. Um, but uh, we're at the final, final stretch. We ended up going way over budget. Um, I think initially our budget was like $2 million, but we thought this would be like a three-month project. It ended up being over two years. Um, went in all kinds of unexpected directions. Obviously, we traveled across the country. We went to Mississippi, to Louisiana, to Florida, um, obviously Washington, D.C., and Maryland, and, and you know, all over the place. And so it, it's a big project. And um, it's it's a big deal, too, to have the trailer out because, you know, you work on filming something for years and then you finally see something come out of it. And right. it's anxiety inducing and, and also exciting. So it's a lot. Uh, I'll bet. But it's it's got to be exciting as well. Now, I got to ask, how are you doing and how's your family doing? You know, we just moved um, a week ago. We left the state. We decided. Um, in the spring that, you know, it, it, it taken too much from us. I, I did two tours in the good fight in Florida and that was enough. Um, it got too personal when they came after my son. So, um, we knew that with this movie coming out and everything that they'd already done, that it wasn't going to be safe for us to stay there while we were doing this. Um, so we are living in Maryland and oh, good you know, for you scraping by for now it'll take some time to adjust but hopefully given you know the time that we've got until school starts and everything um things will be a little nicer great well i just you have a good governor in maryland of normal you know still out there for us i hope so too and and again you're a state westmore is the governor there and i i i don't know much about him but he seems great He's, he's amazing um by complete happen chance i met um Aruna Miller when I first moved here last time and she had run for Congress and lost in the primary, but she was a great lady who lived here, super progressive. We hit it off right away. She's now Lieutenant governor. So when I found that out, cause I was so busy with my race, I didn't realize what was going on in Maryland. Um, I was like, I'm going to be safe in Maryland. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like my first question. I was like, I didn't realize I happened to know somebody in the governor's office um, in Maryland when I left, but I was like, this, this makes me feel a little bit better about this choice. Now, you know, knowing someone who's on my side at that level of the executive um, will be a dramatic change from what it, the situation was in Florida. Uh, without a doubt. And I'm glad you got out of here. I know uh, one of the times we spoke, you said you were going to stay here and fight because it's your home, but I'm glad you left because there is no fighting that guy. He's evil. And the, the shit that they're pulling, it, it just, it gets scarier here with every passing day. So uh, I'm glad you got out. Um, how is your son doing? They did come for your son. How is he? It's going to take time. Okay. You know, it's, he's, I look at that trailer and there's the scene of him walking outside the front door when we were raided, Yeah, you know, and guns had just been pointed at him and he, we were woken up to it. We had no idea it was happening and he looks so little. He looks so small. I mean, he was 11 years old and I knew when it happened that there was no going back from that, no matter how we tried to explain it or protect him from it. I knew that something would change and he has 
he has been drugged through this every step of the way. One of Matt Gates's guys stalked him, photographed him, bullied him online, um, and nothing was done about it. And, you know, then a week after we file our, our lawsuit, our state lawsuit against the state, he's arrested for sharing internet memes critical of cops in Uvalde. And I just, and within like, in a record time, somebody leaked photos and videos of him onto Twitter. And so it's just, as a, as a 13 year old kid, and he already struggled with autism and, you know, ADHD and ADHD, it's going to take time. Well, I, I'm, I, I, I believe you will, you know, do the best for him and your daughter. And I'm glad you got out of, out of Florida. Um, so the, the movie, when you want to release, you said by Sundance, when is, when is that? Sundance deadline is in September. Oh, so where this fast. Yeah. I mean, we're funding it now to bring on the additional editors and stuff, because like I said, we ended up doing two and a half years of shooting, which is a lot more to trim down than what we initially thought. And your story has changed. It has changed because they they keep piling more shit on you. Um, The attacks on you have been unprecedented. And I, I, you know, we started discussing the movie before I was rated about potentially doing it. So yeah, I mean, the story itself has, is nothing kind of like what we thought it was going to be when we started. And, you know, we've, we have some world-class, you know, uh, cinematographers um, on board and we're trying to get it done and Sundance is in January next year. So good timing. Okay. Well, Josh Fox is, is directing it and um, that, that he, he is. He is. And if you yeah. haven't seen Gasland, you should. I'm sure it's available somewhere. Um, he's he's I the think guy. I it's on HBO yeah? because HBO produced Gasland 2, which was mm-hmm. kind of the follow up to where everyone was from Gasland 1. Um, but if not, I think you can get it on Amazon Prime. It's absolutely worth it. Uh, it. I was studying climate and it kind of opened my eyes to this whole other world. I mean, he made fracking a household name. Yes, he did. Um and, you know, they released a documentary attacking him that was like the anti-Gasland documentary. Um, and I was like, how much do we do? Are we putting 20 bucks down now that they're going to release an anti-me documentary that's oh. like, they won't talk to anybody I've ever met, but they'll do this whole like thing. And um, they, they kind of do that on Twitter every single day. So, yes, they do. I'm surprised you're still on Twitter. You're doing a Twitter spaces tonight um, uh, to to. <laughs> you know, let everyone know about the Kickstarter. So if anyone's around and still on Twitter, that's at seven o'clock Eastern tonight. Yes. Yes. And I'm on all of the other things as well, which now there are so many. (laughs) Um, I will say Spoutable is my favorite alternative to Twitter. Um, I would like to spend my time and energy on a platform that wasn't founded by somebody who at any point had anything to do with disinformation trying to overthrow our government. Um, and of course, Mark Zuckerberg is behind threads and Instagram yes. now, and I'm not joining blue sky because that is Jack, uh, Dorsey's new site. And mm-hmm. he was the head of Twitter when I was banned for oversharing Miami Herald article and all of that other stuff. So I was like, you know what? Spoutables run by Chris Fuzzy. He's a stand-up guy. He deals with disinformation online. I'm, I'm, that's where I'm going. Cool. Oh, I'll have to check that out. But oh my God, there's too many of them. Uh, Rebecca yes. Jones, thank you for jumping on. Well, I got your your message this morning. I immediately said, oh, please come on and talk about it. Um, I want to see this movie. I'm so excited that it's being made because your story needs to be told. There's been so much you know, written about you. Um, from all sides, I mean, God, the incoming, I don't know how, I, honestly, I give you credit for surviving this because being attacked like that, I don't care. I don't care if half of what they said is true. Being attacked like that is horrible. Um, and I've, I've gotten it, but not nearly to the extent you have. And, uh, I, I can't even imagine. So um, good for you. I'm so glad Josh Fox is doing this and we'll look forward to the film. Go to Kickstarter, um, look up uh, Whistleblower or Rebecca Jones or Josh Fox. And if you can support it so we can see this film. Um, Rebecca, thank you so much. And congratulations on, uh, on surviving. So far. So far. You're on the right road. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. All right. So, Rebecca, again, we'll be on um, uh, Twitter Spaces.
tonight at seven o'clock. So in a moment, we're going to talk to uh, my friend, Susan Smith, who was at the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami Beach this weekend, where Florida, I think it's called Leadership Blue. It's their annual gathering of the Florida Democratic Party. And and I'll tell you what, um, the Florida Democrats have they've had a rough go of it. The last, well, the last election was just a disaster. And um, frankly, the last chair of the Florida Democratic Party was also a disaster. And I think he was the reason that the, uh, the last election was so disastrous. But before I bring Susan on, I want to share a little film, I guess, that they played at the meeting in, in down here in South Florida um, with our the new chair of the Florida Democratic Party. You've met her. She's been on the show before, Nikki Freed. And it's a whole new attitude. Um, so let's uh, check this out, and then we'll talk with Susan Smith. It goes like this. Could Floridians say goodbye to the state's Democratic Party? The Democratic Party in this state is basically a dead, rotten carcass on the side of the road. Turnout is a new. Florida Democrats got walloped in November. Historic losses. The lack of investing infrastructure for the party over the decade kind of pay itself off in, in bad ways. Republicans now have super majorities in both chambers of the legislature. The right-wing hellscape. DeSantis is rapidly transforming Florida into Not on our fucking Florida Democrats have a new party leader. And Nikki Fried, the best Democratic chairwoman they've had in a while. President Joe Biden is launching a new campaign ad here in Florida. Florida Democrats scored their biggest election victory in years in Jacksonville. We made history tonight. We are standing up. We are fighting back. We are not going to back down. Florida Democratic Party, floridadems.org. Susan Smith is the former chair or president of the Democratic Progressive Caucus of Florida. I know I'm screwing up the name of it, but um, <laughs> is that that's about right? Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> I know it was a long convolute. The Progressive Democratic the Democratic Progressive Caucus of Florida. Okay. We were trying to follow the party format when we named ourselves. That was not our original choice, but but it works. It works. It works. So you stepped uh-huh. down from your role heading up that caucus a few years ago, but you're still very involved in Florida politics. And I so appreciate it because, you know, me, I tried to get involved and I just I just couldn't do it because the party was so broken. The chair meant the then chair, Manny Diaz, was a disaster. The Broward Dems, where I live in Broward, was a disaster. I felt like, you know, I signed on as a precinct person and I'd go to the meetings, which were then on Zoom because of covid. And we were all muted. It wasn't a meeting. It was a lecture. And I'm sorry, a meeting means back and forth. And I just I gave up because I, I would, I, it was not the right fit, but you, you know, you're in it for the long haul and Susan Smith, I so appreciate it. So you were at the Fountain Blue this week and I read quite I a was. bit about it. How was uh, it? I was, I'm sorry, there's a delay I know. Here in, the, in the video, so yeah. it kind of confused me. So I'll try not to look at it. Um, it was a great weekend and that video just kind of lit up the room. Um, it was, you know, the speakers were good. It was, um, there were inspiring workshops and it was good to be back in person and see people. I kind of, well, I was out of town last year for Leadership Blue and I boycotted previously when it was in Orlando because I just have a thing about going to Orlando in the summer. Uh, I kind of pledge never to do that again after my last Disney trip in June. <laughs> uh, plus, there's there's no money in Central Florida to speak of. You know, if you're going to raise money, and that's the whole purpose of this weekend is to raise money, you have to go where the money is, and the money's in South Florida. Yeah. Um, the Fontainebleau, as far as it being booked there, there were complaints from day one. It was actually booked under the Diaz administration, uh, not Nikki Freed. Uh-huh. Uh, all the contracts were signed. So if you want to blame Bikini Week or Swim Week <laughs> or whatever, the conflict, you have to blame Manny Diaz. and Blame him for everything. That's blame okay. him for everything, because that's certainly what I've been doing. Uh, but I, I came away uh, inspired and uplifted and, and ready to go. I was surprised, you know, just a, a very very basic thing. Look, I'm someone who's got a potty mouth and, but to see fucking oh, on the potty mouth, <laughs> but to, to see everywhere. that everywhere. 
Wow. So <laughs> it's a great. new attitude for the Florida Dems. Good. It's a whole new attitude, um, which is great uh, because we need somebody to let us know that they're fighting. And, you know, I have a potty mouth too, as you probably know. And um, so it doesn't offend me. If somebody's offended, so be it. But um, it, to me, it signals we're ready to fight. And I think Nikki Freed signaled that from the beginning when she got arrested in the t-shirt with the word fuck on the front That's of right. it. So good yeah, for her. Good for her. I'm, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm more impressed with Nikki now than I was when she was running for governor. I think she was a bit too cautious. Um, but she, you know, she had a lot to overcome. Uh, that, that election was a disaster. Charlie Crist should never have run. He should have kept his congressional seat. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but there's well, a lot I of work for should've. her in the primary because I saw for, through four years she was a fighter. Mm-hmm. She didn't just come to it after she was elected chair th- during the four years. She was uh, the face of the Democratic Party in Florida, and she did take it to Ron DeSantis. And Charlie Crist, until he decided to run for governor, was nowhere to be seen. Right. He was missing in action. So, uh, and he has screwed over our party now almost more times than I have fingers to count. Yeah. Starting when he was chain gang, Charlie, all the way up through this last election. Yeah, I agree. And, and I'll tell you something. I regret my vote because, to be honest, I voted for Charlie Crist in the primary mm-hmm. because and I and I went against my own instincts because I thought he had a, a the better chance of, of beating DeSantis because I thought Republicans who saw what DeSantis wa- was you know, would vote for Charlie Crist where they wouldn't vote for Nikki. It, it, it didn't matter. It, you know, it wasn't going to happen. But, you know, something that I, something that I keep stressing and and I, I the corporate media doesn't. They keep talking still today about the landslide victory, you know, that of uh, DeSantis beating Crist. Well, yes, it was. But that's because Democrats just stayed home because they didn't have a candidate to vote for. Ron DeSantis didn't get many more votes this this time than he did four years earlier. It's just the Democrats stayed home because they didn't have a candidate to vote for. So I it's agree. not like people came out to vote for DeSantis. It was the Democrats said, sorry, fuck this shit. Uh, th- right. There's nobody there for me. It, that's so true. It's 100 percent true. And I hope we've learned a, less, a lesson. Plus, you know, the party back to Manny Diaz, the party struggled I know because I know what our local DEC did. Our um, our chair is head of all the county chairs. The party pulled funding from their text program. They had to raise their own money as an organ. They started their own PAC to raise money to pay for a texting program. The de- between the oh Democratic Women's Club, the DCCA, Democratic County Chairs, and a small county coalition, that that's where the work was done this last cycle. But you can't run the state without the support of the state party and the national party and people cut us off. Uh, You know, the big donors cut us off also. So I think that's another place Nikki gives us some hope because I think she's, um, I think she might be able to give uh, national donors a reason to to commit some resources to Florida again. I hope so. And now, mm-hmm. um, when in our next gubernatorial election, thankfully DeSantis can't run again, but, um, <laughs> you know, she, I think she's better positioned because she's showing that she's got the stuff. So mm-hmm. um, now... <laughs> I'm glad the rest of the country is finally <laughs> seeing what we've known for the last four years, five years about Ron DeSantis, that first of mm-hmm. all, he's not exactly Mr. Personality, number one. And number two, he is a fascist. He's just horrible. He, he's I mean, he's he's every bit as bad as Trump and worse because he's better educated. He's I, I hate uh, to say it, but a little smarter. Uh, it doesn't show. But he, there's, he knows better. Right. And let me, let's back it up, not back it up, move it forward. It wasn't even four years ago. He didn't really start this garbage until two years ago when he decided to run for president. The first two years, he was being kind of moderate. He was good on the environmental stuff. And he didn't really scare Floridians as much as he did once he decided to get into that race. He went 
nuts. Well, and he went and, nuts with COVID too. I mean, it's yeah, COVID time. Well, was, that was about the time I think he made the decision mm. was during COVID when he just killed a lot of people that didn't need to die, but because of the policies he had. And, you know, he didn't even start out bad. Right. He didn't start out bad. He was no, actually he... trying to get people to be vaccinated. And right. then all of a sudden something, it was like a, a switch flipped or something. And he, um, he totally changed. And I think I'm so glad to see that now there's this effort, especially by the state party, because about, Eight months ago, I guess, I got a call from from somebody saying, we really need to do something here in Florida to warn people about him. And I contacted a few people that I know, and they said, you know, it's got to be a national effort because uh, the press in Florida has been so decimated that people, you can't do what you could do in the state. 12 years ago, 15 years ago, to get a story out and to promote it and get people to know about it. It has to break through now at the national level in order to to get the attention. So I'm glad that finally people started paying attention. Well, so am I. And I think it took mm-hmm. him going out on the road and running for president where everyone could see what he's all about, this where woke goes to die and all his creepy mm-hmm. ads and stuff. And now the country is getting to meet Casey. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. So we're both moms. You and I are both moms, Susan. <laughs> so Casey, I'm not a mama bear. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I, well, I'm not her kind of mama bear. That's for no. sure. But I've got to play this ad because I don't know that my <laughs> listeners have seen this yet. So this is now Casey, just so you know, she is like the, the, I don't, the, the, the Pygmalion. She's like the, you know, the architect. She is his number one uh, campaign advisor, uh, uh, political strategist from everything I understand. She kind of calls the shots. By the way, he, Ron, says that, oh, she's such a fashion plate that if she were a Democrat, she'd be on the cover of all of all the fashion magazines. Um, But I got to ask, what is with these eyebrows? Did you see these eyebrows? (laughs) Just, you know, that's yes. the cat in me. Um, it just, yeah, she'd be on the cover of all the fashion magazines. Give me a break if she were a Democrat. Anyway, that's the least of it. I want to play well, this. I think she's across quickly, across between Priscilla Presley circa 1967 and Melania Trump. I'm not even going to give Whenever. her credit for the Jackie Kennedy. Right, no, she wants to be Jackie Kennedy. She couldn't she pull wants it to be, but she she's Melania. She what is. do they call her? Walmart Melania? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> All right. So this is so Casey just did her first solo campaign event and released an ad because she launched the Mamas for DeSantis <laughs> caucus or whatever. I okay. Just prepare yourselves for this because it is completely batshit crazy. Here we go. Uh, Take it away, Casey. In America, we've witnessed a lot and put up with enough. (laughs) What? He is arresting her for being on a public playground. Her kids are here. We've been forced into silence. What? Into compliance. Oh, because they had to put a mask on the kid? Told that we must trust (laughs) the science. Indoor and outdoor venues should be closed. We've been told we must deny truth, back down, and look the other way. Enough is enough. They're when coming you for your come children. after our kids, we fight back because there's nothing we won't do to protect our children. They're not yours. These are our kids. Our nation's children are all our children. We will not allow you to exploit their innocence to advance your agenda. What? We are no longer silent. We are united. And we have finally found our fighter. (laughs) We're not going to let you impose an agenda on our kids. We're going to stand up for our kids. He'll do for America what he did for us. 
Florida. Schools open. <laughs> Parents' rights defended. School choice universal. Oh, please. Critical race theory prohibited. Oh, because it was being DEI exploited. stopped. What? Child what? mutilation illegal. And it always was. Girls' sports <laughs> saved. Oh, please. Communities protected. Our economy <laughs> growing. And freedom guaranteed. For who? But winning the fight in Florida <laughs> is just the beginning. We must protect parents' rights and what? the innocence of our children. We must restore sanity in our society. Huh? We need every mama and every grandmama in every corner of the country to stand up <laughs> and fight back by electing Ron DeSantis president of the United States of America. Join us by texting MAMAS to 512345. <laughs> Mamas for DeSantis. Oh, my God. I have to laugh because if I didn't laugh, I'd be crying. That is pathetic. It's pathetic. Uh, beyond. And all I can think about was how are you going to pay for the roof over their head? Your, those babies because property insurance and all the problems he's not dealing with have been ignored. You know, there, there was a property insurance crisis before he came into office because Rick Scott mm-hmm. did such a bang up job for two terms uh-huh. as governor and he's ignored it. Um, he mm-hmm. called a special session so that you can't say gay in school. God forbid, you know, uh, Susie talks about her two mommies. Uh, you're not allowed mm-hmm. to do that. Um, so they called a special session for that, but still haven't dealt with the homeowners insurance crisis. And you can't get insurance if you own a home. I know. And they also had a special session for that uh, where they just did another giveaway to the insurance company. Right. So, so we're, uh, everybody, we need to get the word out about all this, but, uh, I don't know if you heard about how the, the gala ended the other night, no. but that was the best part. Oh, tell. Do tell. So right at the very end, Bradley Whitford was great too. I loved him. He came out with some great one-liners, but at the very end, Nikki came back out to end the program and the lights all went out and she went, what happened? She said, I promise we paid the electric bill. What's going on? And all of a sudden this music started and the lights came up and there was a drag show on oh, stage. Oh, I love it was that. the best. The whole audience jumped up and started dancing. Oh, that's wonderful. It was wonderful. I said, this is not your father's or mother's Democratic Party anymore. We're It's a new day. And, yeah. uh, you know, the last time I had hope was when Stephen Battelle was chair. And Sally Boynton Brown was the ED. And that lasted a few months because they found a way to get rid of him. And it was not, I don't and will never believe the stories that were told about him. Um, I think it was all uh, an effort by the powers that be consultants to get rid of him because they were changing the party for the better. They were, Mm -hmm. they were opening it up and, uh, empowering local groups and uh, caucuses and clubs and DECs, and that was not going to hold. Um, they wanted the same consultants who have lost race after race after race and still get paid even when they lose, wanted to stay in control. So this is the first time I've been hopeful since. You know, since Andrew Gillum, I will say, because oh, I was very hopeful. So was Andrew. I. And by the way, of course, the, you know, everybody covered the his downfall, if you will. I, I haven't seen any coverage of the fact that he was cleared on, on all charges. Um, right. Andrew Gillum, uh, again, they are dirty actors on the other side mm-hmm. and they smear people mercilessly. It's the thing with Rebecca Jones. You know what? I know there's a lot of stuff there. They've hit her from every angle imaginable. Is some of it true? Probably. But you know what? Nobody deserves being treated the way she's been treated. And it's because no. of DeSantis. Right. Absolutely. They play dirty and they're, they're not going to change until it doesn't work for them right. anymore. Right. So, um, so. Uh, You know, but I'm so glad to hear you say that you're hopeful because I read that we stopped getting the Miami Herald. It's just a a rag of a paper. And we went back to the Sun Sentinel. We don't have many good choices. All the newspapers are owned by big, uh, you know, hedge funds now. Um, It's very sad what they've done to, to, you know, journalism in this state and and the whole country. But the Sun Sentinel today has a whole piece about how... um, it was so it was bickering and fighting and it was just disorganized and it was a disaster. It's like 
that's not what I'm hearing from you. Uh, I will admit the hotel was a cluster. Uh, that was a cluster. Uh -huh. but, uh, the actual event I thought was well organized. Nikki said first thing in the morning that she didn't want the group to be divided. So all but a couple of spinoff se sessions, they, were, they tried to do workshops and trainings all day. And they couldn't fit them all in. So they did have a couple that conflicted, uh, but I thought they were good. We didn't have, uh, I didn't hear any fighting. Maybe I don't hang out with the right crowds anymore, <laughs> or maybe I'm in the, finally in a good crowd. Well, I did see, but yep. I, you know, I know a lot of people complained about the venue. They complained about Miami. They complained about the expense. Uh, but I think a lot of people don't understand the purpose of the weekend, that it's really about raising that big, that money to see us through the elections. It's not a low dollar fundraising event. Oh. You know, you're not going to go to a union hall and charge $10 for a box lunch. That's not what this is. Uh, they are going to have the regular state party meetings, I think, at a more central location sometime this summer. The convention is going to be back at the Rosen Center in October. They announced that um, this weekend. So that'll be October 27th. I think that weekend is when uh, the convention will be held. Um, I don't know if they'll do meetings before that. They almost need to because there's a lot of business that needs to be conducted. Of course, now that we're using Zoom, it's easier to hold long-distance meetings, but it's also less effective sure. to not be in person. Um, I think that was one of the great things about the weekend was just seeing people you hadn't really seen in four years mm -hmm. and or three years and, uh, you know, being able to hug and and chit chat and relive yeah, old missed that. memories. Now, are you going to Netroot Nations? Netroot Nations? <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. No, no. I got something. Mm -mm. So okay. So we we no, I think I'm first not going this year. Yeah. I think it's in Chicago this year. I haven't been in a while because I I yeah, I they did some things that I was not happy with and uh, in terms of media and they got in bed with the, you know the wrong people, but I think that's where we first met probably it a is, dozen or more years is. ago. Yeah, um I always like going I like going now more to see old friends than I mm -hmm. do than the value I get from from the trainings and workshops because I'm kind of on the downside of my activism. And I last, last year I went and I left a day early because I, oh. I just was, uh, I, well, I think I was having a new grandbaby within a few days and I was, I've seen the pictures. Oh, she's adorable. Well, she's adorable. the cutest baby ever. She really is. The cutest baby ever. The cute baby, um, the cute dog. You got it all going up there. I got it all going. <laughs> I'm so lucky. Uh, but I am, uh, yeah, I'm hope. I'm very hopeful. There was Tom Sullivan, who we both also know, sure. who writes at Digby. Mm -hmm. He had a great column today. He linked to E.J. Dion's piece on hope. And what gives you hope and how it's really a mindset. And uh, he told a really good story there about his own, his own, uh, an experience he had in business. So I think that's what I came away from the weekend with is hope that the party is on the upswing now. And um, it's just, it won't take a lot because people just need somebody that's going to inspire them yes. and we we have not built our bench we no. don't have a lot of those people down there to so we we're going to build a bench they a lot of the recommendations i will tell you that we made i was on the path to power commission and after the 2018 election i wouldn't put my name on the final report because it was um it was a rigged thing from the get-go. They really didn't care what we had to say because they basically had the report written ahead of time. Uh, so I wouldn't put my name on it in the end. But one of the suggestions that I think maybe we even made years ago, and it was made in 2000 after the 2018 election, was we need a digital toolkit for our candidates. Mm -hmm. Every candidate needs a certain level of support and help. Sure. And all of this stuff has now been created and is being made available so oh, finally it only takes a few years we're finally i'm on the clubs and caucuses committee a lot of that is finally that work is finally go, going online and um 
you know, it'll be digital now. Maybe they'll have a good record of who's where and what we're doing. I hope so. I hope uh, so. Well, it seems like they're on the right road. And I'm so glad to hear it. I'm so, and I honestly, I didn't know what you were going to say. All I know is what I read in the paper this morning and it wasn't good. Uh, well, but, I'm going to go know, read that because yeah. I subscribed to the Sun Sentinel. I'm going to go read it. Yes, go. Um, because, uh, you know, and it's in the national press, too. Politico had a thing about the bickering in their okay, playbook Matt this Dix- morning. But Matt, Matt Dixon was on MSNBC this afternoon. Yeah. And Matt Dixon said he had not seen that kind of energy from Democrats in a long time. Oh, good. Okay. So there are people getting the word out. Terrific. I'm glad to hear yes. it. Um, because, yeah, I, I would love to not hate being in this state. <laughs> Susan Smith, it's so good to see you and catch up. Good Thank you for coming you. on today and sharing Thank good you. news good with us. Good luck to David. Good luck to David and you. I don't want you to leave, but I want you to be happy and go where you need to go. Thank you so much. Well, we're here for now, so <laughs> it is what it is. Okay. Sweating as we are. Uh, <laughs> I've given, I've, I've stopped trying. I'm just giving, it's just too hot um <laughs> Susan it's Smith. hotter out there oh it is we have air conditioning i've got a fan going i got a lot of equipment in here and it it gets hot, hot. it's just hot mm-hmm. it's been miserable the past few days but you know it's not only us it's all over the country it, and, right. and at least we're not in new york right now where they're flooding and dying um, well, and at least we're equipped to deal with it down here. Most many of us are. Yeah. Maybe not all of us. Yeah. But, no. Um, uh, all right. You you stay safe. It's good to talk to you. We will talk again soon, I hope. Thank you, Take Susan care. Smith. You Bye-bye. too. Bye bye. Uh, and with that, we are done. That's it for a. Uh, uh, I I need to do this. Sorry, I'm I'm a bit out of sorts right now. Um, we're done. I will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Got a laugh. We'll be here. She's she's going to be here. Um, So we'll talk then. And um, thanks for hanging. See ya.